Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie Austin and friends with the good news. And we've got Leslie and Doug Gustafson here. And we've also got Beatrice Bruno, friends of the good news. And we are talking about, we're going to start with the Vikings. Why? Because, why? Because they won, of course. But there's a cooler story that goes along with it. Well, yeah, I mean, my dad's been watching him since I was a kid, and I think he's been disappointed almost every season, but he never gives up. And I admire <laughs> those fans that never give up, never give in, and they're always, you know, supportive. And I'll buy him Viking hats and Viking sweatshirts and hoping he'll wear them with pride, which, which he does regardless of their season. And so, of course, and now, Doug, you just saw the game. Explain why everybody's so excited about this game and why it was such a big deal before I explain this woman who's almost 100, right? So she's turning 100. And so what does she want for her birthday? Well, it has to do with the Vikings because she's been supporting him, much like my father, for years. So this must have been a very exciting game for her. What was the deal? Well, I don't know the whole story. So I was in on sort of the last quarter. But I think Minnesota (laughs) has sort of lost it in these situations somewhat repeatedly. Uh, Minnesota has. And uh, so it looked like they were going to for sure lose and didn't have much chance with I think only like 25 seconds left in the game or something like that. And so it it, uh, it, it looked pretty dire. And uh, they had been ahead, I think, apparently through most of the game and looked like they were going to really, uh, really win with without all that much trouble. And then Drew Brees came back and they uh, looked like they had it. So Minnesota was on pins and needles, clear to the last play with no timeouts and everything Pretty much looking like it was over. It was actually, they were only down by one. Yeah. They were ahead the whole game until the fourth quarter. Right. And there was only 10 seconds left. (laughs) When he bombed it out, he threw it to Diggs, who ran for the touchdown, and they won and go to the championship game for the first time in 50 years or something like that. Oh, wow. They almost made it there in 2015, but missed a field goal, an easy field goal. Two Ugh. years ago. So, and that was like oh. one of the big, it like devastated everybody. You should have seen Dan Muir. He was crying. He was oh, crying. So wow. he was a huge Vikings fan and he came up and he was Dan like, Muir is one of our, uh, one of our on-air talents. He's kind of a He's crying. He's kind of weepy. Oh my, but he I was, think that's was hilarious so that the six foot three so guy good, is you know? like crying oh in the hallways. <laughs> I know. That's hilarious. I have, <laughs> I have a family in my practice that I see in Minnesota via Skype and I'm that's a little pretty family. Cool. So I was pretty, I was kind of rooting for Minnesota there for a while. Oh, I love that. Good people in Minnesota, too. They say Minnesota nice. It's so true. They're really nice. Nice people. really are sweet people. Okay. And I love the way they talk. Oh, yeah. uh, My my dad and my stepmom are up there. When I go back, I get that, oh, it's about time we go down to Minnesota again. 
<laughs> oh, I love it down there. The people we're are so Swedish. nice. Gustafsson, Gustafsson here. Yeah. There's lots of Gustafsons yeah. in Yes, there are. That's true. I knew a lot of Gustafsons in Minnesota. <laughs> That's cool. uh, all right, let's talk um, Vikings playoff tickets. So this is, you know, like a week before the game or thereabouts. So this is prior to the big game. So I can't imagine how excited this woman was after all these decades of, you know, rooting for the team. Millie Wall won't turn 100 until the 4th of July. But the fireworks already came when she got an early birthday present, thanks to the Minnesota Vikings. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I said, did somebody die or something? <laughs> During football season, Millie spends every Sunday watching the Vikings with a screwdriver in one hand and a fake brick with a string tied around it to throw at the TV in the other. Well, I got tired of getting up and getting it there for a few t- so I put a string on it and... I retrieve it. I don't have to get up all the time. She used to go to Vikings games at the old Met Stadium and at the Metrodome. She even took a trip to Lambeau Field. But she's never been to one inside U.S. Bank Stadium until now. I was shocked. I never thought I'd ever get to the one of the games, but kind of a real nice surprise. We know you will bring us luck as we enter into this playoff run and hope to bring it home. Over the weekend, Millie's family surprised her with a special care package from the Vikings, including a letter, some Vikings memorabilia, and tickets to the upcoming playoff game. You're going to the game. You're going to the game. I'm so enthused, you know, I'm just so excited. I feel like a zombie walking around here. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Millie may have waited nearly a century to see the Vikings in the playoffs in person. When it comes to making it to the Super Bowl, she says the time is now. I can't live forever, and that, that would be a very good present for me if they won. <laughs> I can see the conversation or hear the conversation now. Okay, Lord, they won the, the, the whatever it is. What they call the thing? Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. They, see, I don't even watch football. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl, Lord. Go ahead and take me home now. Wow. Talk so about good. your bucket list being filled so up. Oh, my gosh. One, huh? I thought there was two <laughs> important things in that clip, though. One, throwing a brick at the TV really yes. shows the frustration of Vikings fans. Okay. And enthused is a great word, right? Yeah, and, and I she also... She even said it like enthused, like, a, like she's from Minnesota. I'm so enthused. Yeah. yeah. I'm so enthused. <laughs> uh, the other thing that really stood out to me is how with it she is mentally. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you yeah. can understand her really well. I mean, sometimes when you reach a hundred or thereabouts, yes. uh, sometimes your little your voice is a little weaker, a little mm-hmm. more difficult to understand. She had no problem whatsoever. That's that's like my goal, you know, to be able to still communicate well and yeah. get around well at a hundred. How cool would that be? Amen. I know and go to the right. playoff games and see your favorite team and get win. on your children's last nerve. And just oh, be cranky. I'm sorry, I said that out loud, didn't and I? Just be cranky, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I, can, I can do that just fine right now. No problem with that. Not you. Angie, your Please. children love you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I took them um, up to, I'm still wearing my YMCA the Rockies uh, wristband because I took them up there uh, for the weekend, for the three-day weekend, part, part of it, yeah, and uh, without my husband, though. And there are two things that I don't like doing, um, traveling with all of them alone because then I have to wrangle them and be like, uh, I, I finally told my daughter, I'm like, I am not the referee. I don't care about your version. I don't care about his version. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're old enough to know which one uh, is telling the truth, and you're old enough to know which you know uh, mm -hmm. how to treat each other. And so when we go to lunch, you have to sit alone at a table before you eat, and you can't eat until you've worked out a solution and a compromise and figured out how you can work this problem out because I'm not solving it for you. They're 12 and 10. Oh. They are old oh, enough to figure out their disputes. Mm -hmm. So then, like, of course, they're hungry, and that gives them incentives, you know. Uh, and so they, uh, he comes, Mama, Hope and I, we apologize to each other. We worked everything out. We'd like to go get some Funyuns now and some, you know, milk <laughs> and a sandwich or whatever. He is and such like, a diplomat. Okay. Uh, yeah, when necessary, you know, when necessary. So I just, um, I, 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 that referee thing, I can't stand when they want you to hear their version. And I'm like, well, we know the versions are completely different and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So you two deal with it. I'm not going to be the referee. I'm so over it you're old enough now to figure out you know what's right and what's wrong they know i wish right. i could do that with my couples that i see yeah really <laughs> wouldn't it's the yeah. same drama yeah <laughs> i wish i could do it with my wife <laughs> don't feed her until she apologizes <laughs> okay i'm not even going to address that one i'm gonna address that alone girl i'm on your side girl no, we, sisters girl i know, sisters. I know. okay throw the man under the bus yes you know it cracks right. me up too because you guys know i have two jobs right <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm speaking of uh, marital disagreements, and I come home from this weekend, and my husband's not there. And the other thing I was going to say I don't like doing is driving in the snow in the mountains. Of course, right. it snowed, and then I got yeah. the, all three of the kids on Agreed. my own. So I come back, and he's put in all these new cabinets in the garage, and he's already redone the floor. He's already done the drywall. Wow. He's put in a heater, and now we're going to get uh, heat, two heated garage doors for a three-car garage. I'm sorry, insulated. And that's, you know, a lot of money, right, for a garage, mm -hmm. I think, right. to do all these things. It's like a room. We could have a party in there now. It's a man cave. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it could be like a disco in there now with the floor. People <laughs> are like, oh, my gosh, your floor looks like granite. I'm like, mm, mm, <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Um, uh, oh I come home God. and he's got all new cabinets on the wall and he's finished like the top of this workbench that he got with wood and it's all like finished and uh, stained and lacquered and okay so <laughs> with that said I I I got like an earful when I bought this like light fixture for $250 to go over this fan right because I wanted like something that looked like a chandelier yeah but I couldn't get rid of the fan so I got something that attaches to it and it's like well you know we better just be you know don't just want to go through we just bought a new house like just th throwing out money out there buying things you know <laughs> 250 lousy bucks right and again remember i have two jobs okay yeah. you know and we're not just talking like i work five hours at 7-eleven like i have two real jobs right so in other words you can, I'm get, a, you can income get a chandelier you can make a choice yeah for 250 dollars okay all right <laughs> So I don't even want to go into figuring out what he's put into this garage, all right? So, I, And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't care if it makes him happy, that's fine. It just makes me laugh that, but I did, it's just passive aggressive. I, Doug's looking at me. He's giving me the, <laughs> the, the man team look, okay? So it's like some kind of bro code he's going to throw out here. Oh, I wrote a text and said, I see the new shelves and cupboards in the garage. They look really nice. I'm not going to lecture you about buying them without me because I don't mind when you make purchases that make you happy and the garage looks really nice. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So many messages somewhere. going on there. <laughs> so many messages. In other, words, in other words, like, I'm cool with it. Leave me alone <laughs> when I spend a few hundred bucks, right? <laughs> I'm not like a crazy woman. Don't you be know? the boss of me. Don't yeah. be the boss of yeah. me. Yeah, or like, it's more like kind of um, like scold me, like, oh, you, you know, like a, almost like a kid or an employee, like, oh, you know, you should be a little more careful about just buying, you know, going out there and Thanks, buying a light fixture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. All right. <laughs> Doug didn't give me the passive-aggressive well, I knew it was, and I was trying to word it in a way that wasn't too offensive, like saying, like, hey, I'm glad you got some
some stuff that made you happy in the garage. Let me do the same with a, a much cheaper light fixture, but I did, wasn't that blunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under, yeah. Underneath it all is I want you to love me like I love you. Oh, I love, I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I want you to love me like I love you. Oh, I did one more, Doug. I did one more because um, I, have, I have help at home. Because I get up at 3 a.m., I have to have some help. Like He's out of town now, so I have a nanny that's been with us for 10 years. And so she's there about uh, 27 hours a week. Oh, I want uh, her. Yeah, and she helps me with the kids, and especially when he's out of town. And uh, <laughs> helps me, you know, clean the house and do all the laundry, right? Okay. So then he says, and and he's too busy to do any of his stuff too. So keep in mind, it's not just I'm too busy; he's too busy too. Right. So um, one of the things before I left for the trip, he goes, "Can we talk? You know, do we really need to use Charlene so much? Because the minute she leaves." Uh, the house is messy again. In other words, the kids are messing up the house. Oh, gosh. You're going to laugh, Doug, when I show you this. <laughs> he's the, he is the professional. This is his arena, okay? I'm going to show you the picture I took. So he made dinner last night because I was with the kids out at all the sports. He made dinner. He made dinner last night, right? And I said, oh, gosh, my pat. I didn't even know I was passive aggressive. He made dinner. And I sent a message this morning because his whole thing was, why are we leaving these, me these messes for Charlene? And I said, thank you so much for making dinner. I know how busy you are. This is why we have Charlene, because sometimes it, we're too busy to clean up. That's what was on the counter in the oh, morning. It is covered in food, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the frozen food was left out. There's right. chicken nuggets. There's mini tacos. There's right. carrots. There's dressing. There's a mitt. There's a pan. There's a bowl. There's a fork. There's chips. That's a, I mean, that's a buffet. It is covered in food. <laughs> so what's funny is I got in trouble because the kids do this, and, and then he did that. And then I said, good thing we have Charlene. That's what we have her for because we're all busy, I said. That's I didn't right. get a response yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm waiting. Was that bad? Or am I good. just saying, like, no. we need her? Because, right. oh, my goodness, who's he expecting going to do that? Right. Like, because like, I'm at work right through? now. Who's I can follow through? Yeah, that's a lot of stuff on right. the counter. There's we a beautiful all, we counter. We all have that dynamic going on at home. Aren't those beautiful counters? That's what our garage floor looks like now. He matched the garage oh, wow. floor to the ki kitchen granite. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. All right. So there we go. All right. <laughs> 250. That's all I can say. 250, <laughs> baby. 250. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that the fee? Is that the fee we should be receiving now? Oh, no, that's how much I spent. How much you spent. That's right. I'm right, just saying. Right, right, 250, right. boo. I, can't, I cannot wait for Charlene to come in and see the kitchen because she knows the story of how, you know, I'm the one that always gets to like, are you sure we need her? Because, you know, if you and the kids picked up better after yourselves. It just uh, makes me laugh that the once a week he makes dinner, that's what's left on the counter in the morning. All right. That's my favorite breaths, day. Those two days breaths. of the month when the cleaning lady comes. Aren't they a beautiful day? In. Yeah. Your husband sounds like a practical man to me, though. He, he is actually a really <laughs> great husband, and I kind of know how he operates. No, seriously, Doug. I know how he operates. Like, if I give him, like, his five minutes of ranting and then go, I know, I know, I, I know, you're so right, I know. And he's fine. <laughs> then he's fine. And then there's the that always... Be, that would be manipulative, but go ahead. I, I don't know how, because if I argue with him when he's in that mood, it's going nowhere. And now Doug is passive-aggressively talking to me <laughs> to you. about, um, oh. I do not just leave everything in the sink. I do not. That's what he's saying oh, right now. Oh, because he does like, that? He sounds like a practical man. Oh, okay, okay, right. I I'm get it. I'm sitting up here he's giving Doug this look he's like, a really? man. Oh, right, I think we need to change the subject. Okay. Right. Really, <laughs> really, 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 really,
Uh, oh right. my gosh, we are. I, I keep forgetting you guys are a couple, not just professionals who help other couples. All right, so we're a couple too. Let's do the teachable moment. This is a teacher who shares an incredible gift, and one of our friends who comes in a lot, Michelle Ron. She's uh, she spends her winters in Florida, so we don't get the joy of having her in the studio as often. But she was a teacher for years, and she talks about all the things you have to navigate as a teacher. You know, knowing a kid's coming in that hasn't had enough sleep, or whose parents might have issues, or to you know come comes in wearing, you know, holy tennis shoes in a snowstorm when he and he doesn't have a winter coat and how you navigate all of that and teach kids. Mm -hmm. And this teacher knew something was going on with one of her students. So here's more. A good teacher will do almost anything for a student. All right, so we're good so far. But few have gone so far as Donna Hoagland, teacher at Marsh Point Elementary in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Not too, too. <laughs> it all started when Donna noticed a change in one of her fourth graders, Troy Volk. And it did affect his morning behavior. He was just shut down at times. She suspected there was a reason. She suspected there was something going on. So she asked me if anything had changed at home. This is Troy's mother, Anahita. She told Donna the truth, that for the past year, she's been in stage five kidney failure. You did it? Pain. She has this severe pain almost daily. And because she has a rare blood type, the odds of finding a kidney donor are slim. When my parents told me about the kidney failing stuff, I was getting a little down. What was your worst fear? My mom not getting kidney ever. As you can see, Troy has tried to keep a brave front. Fortunately, he found a friend in Donna. I really just hate it. Nobody. She's been there for him every step of the way. To think what he must go through, seeing his mom being sick all the time, that's not fair. And you felt like you could fix that? I can. Turns out Donna has the same rare blood type. So, unbeknownst to Troy's family, she spent months researching how to become a kidney donor and then called up Anahita for the best parent-teacher conference of all time. I'm like, what are you talking about? She turns around and she's like, we're a match. How do you say thank you? You can't. You really can't. The transplant happened over Christmas break, and today everyone is doing well. Donor, recipient, and the boy. They both cherish. The one thing I love about my mom's kidney transplant. What's that? Is that we all get a gift, the same gift. It's not a gift that can be wrapped in a present. It's like a miracle. A perfect match is a miracle. Of course, the other miracle is Donna and teachers like her. What's up? Who love our children as their own. Cheers for mommy's new kidney. No, they don't all give up their kidneys, but make no mistake. Teachers save us parents every day. Hmm. A perfect match is a miracle. Wow. David, reminds me of your son's story. I was thinking the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just incredible. I keep incredible thinking about it, and I keep thinking, like, how can this be true? And here I am, a Christian, but I keep know about <laughs> sure. your son, you yeah. know, with the, with the miracle of he could have been in 18 months of chemo and all this treatment, and it from what we can tell, like they got it out, and it's like I mean, it's so, mind blowing. They said it's pretty much Cancer. over. He's got a little bit of you know. We need to watch for infection, and we need to pay, take some scans to make sure that it doesn't come back because it can still come back. But right now, it's gone. He's got no effects of it at all, and it's it, well. it's a miracle. And that's what they were saying of all the almost twenty thousand kids that got this last year or that were diagnosed with this last year. He's the only one that came out like this. Ugh. Out of all of them, he's like a, a one in a billion shot. How many kids? Just under 20,000 kids in the U.S. were diagnosed with this last year. So if you put that into 325,000, it's a very small percentage of people who have this disease. Yeah. 
Yeah. But God. But God. But God. So what do you think about that teacher, huh? You know, those are the teachers that I remember growing up with when I was a kid. Mm. They were just as sweet. They were now you had the ratchety ones. You really did. (laughs) But for the most part, those teachers really cared about us. It, they saw when something, I, I, you know, when I left um, the first school I was in and went to the elementary school in our little town, I was the only black student there. Hmm. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. One. I was in the fifth grade. You were the only black kid in the school. I was the, the only school. black kid in the whole school. Wow. Yeah. How was that? And it, uh, <laughs> well, let me put it to you like this. There's this one kid, his name is David Hurt. He'll never forget me as long as he lives. <laughs> because he walked up to me one day and he said, you're just an N. That's all you are is an N. And I said, excuse me? Because I had never heard that word referred right. to me yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, You're just an N. And I tried to rub his face down into the concrete as hard as I would. Of course, I got a spanking when I got home because my grandmother said, you can't be going to school beating people up. I don't know. However, that, good it was, there. I mean, he I'm just saying. That again, he never he? called me that again. I'll That's bet right. he didn't. Whoa. Right. All right, Leslie and Doug, how do we find you? AuthenticAndTrue.com. And you like to work with couples, obviously, couples, Doug. Couples, individuals. Yes, we, <laughs> we like to, difficult women. Is <laughs> <laughs> he talking about you and me? Is he going to be a part of a couple at the end of the day? You mean beautiful, beautiful and complicated That's what women. I meant, sorry. I just slipped out wrong. Beatrice, how do we find you? DrillSergeantOfLife.com. We'll be right back, except for Doug. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Welcome back to the good news. Well, finances, as we all know, it's very important and can be very important in marriage. And as Christians, there is a lot of importance placed on giving, of course, because that's what the Bible would like us to do. All right, author and Christian financial planner Steve Repack is here to uh, offer us some advice in this arena. Hello, Steve. Hey, Angie. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Well, anytime this comes up, I'm telling you one thing. My husband's always always like, they want our money. I'm like, but it's part of being a Christian. I don't know that it's like some horrible thing. And someone in my extended family said something to the effect of, yeah, they're kind of weird. They do that whole 10% of a church thing. And I didn't know what to say because I felt so uncomfortable. Like, yeah, that's what a lot of us feel we should do. I mean, you're right. It's like, and it's like you go to church, and uh, you know, there's just a lot of people that just get turned off every time their pastor, you know, talks about giving and tithing, and uh, 
And like I said, it just, it's just one of those uh, things that just we've just a lot of people feel pressured and guilt and uncomfortable and bitter and, and, and all the above. Uh, and when it comes down to it, you know, I just believe that giving is a very personable thing and it's not one of those one size fits all. And, you know, doing what I do for a living and, you know, talking about finances and stuff, I'm always asked, you know, should I give if I have credit card debt or, you know, should I give if I don't have any money in savings? Should I give 10 percent net or gross? You know, if I can't give 10 percent, is it OK to give less? And and Honestly, you know, my answer is yes to all these questions, but in my heart, you know, I believe it's not the amount that you give, but it's how you give that's most important. And, you know, things when we're given, we need to think of stuff like, you know, giving anonymously, cheerfully, sacrificially, willingly, because at the end of the day, God just doesn't need our money, you know? You know, I, you recently wrote an article about this whole topic about God not needing our money. So what do you want us to know and learn from this? You know, a, f- a few things is that, you know, when we give, basically all we're doing is acknowledging that everything comes from God, it belongs to God, is distributed by God, and that He, not money, is the true provider for all of our needs. And, and a lot of times, a lot of us, uh, a lot of people just think that their money provides their needs. And at the end of the day, it's not. You know, money is just a tool, but we just have to acknowledge that everything comes from God. Uh, you know, another point that I bring out is that if you're financially rich but spiritually broke, all the money in the world won't provide you with true peace or a joyful life because you're always worried about, you know, about money. And and that's it's true. It's like one of the you know largest wealth builders that I deal with has over 14 million dollars, and you think that oh he this guy would never worry about money. And the truth is, is he worries about it more than just you know regular people that I work with because he's always worried about losing it. So you know you know you you don't you can turn on the television or radio or newspaper and you. You can just, you know, realize all these people that are making all this money, you know, they end up, you know, in drug rehab or alcoholic di- addiction. And, and, and like I said, money just does not is not going to provide you uh, true, true happiness. Uh, another thing that I think of is that, you know, it's better to give a little something when you have nothing to give a little something when you have everything. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of times that people with a lot of fun, you know, they've been blessed financially, you know, they're saying, okay, I'm giving my 10% so I can make my little check off, you know, that, Hey, I did what I was supposed to do, but you're really not challenge yourself and God, you know, like I said, God doesn't need our money. And we're just, you know, whatever we're giving, you know, we're just saying, Hey God, I trust you that you can provide all, you know, all of my needs. And so some that's struggling financially, you know, if they just give 1%, you know, God looks more favorably on that than somebody that has a lot of money and they're just giving their 10%. You know, you mentioned not to be so concerned with how much you uh, give. Uh, more concerned with how much you are keeping from God. Explain that. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's like it says, it's that, you know, don't be concerned with how much you're giving back, but be concerned with how much you're keeping. I know my pastor said something about it's. It's we were talking about a giving with one of our uh, our series, and it was like it's like how much you know how much you know. Don't be worried about how much you're giving to God, but gosh, you know, I'd be more worried about how much am I giving back because uh, you know at the at the end of the day, it's uh you know, if we if we don't have our money priorities in check, you know, if we're saying, OK, I'm, I'm not going to give to God generously or cheerfully or sacrificially, you know, God is not going to honor it. And number one, like says, God just doesn't need our money, but just understands that if we can give, we're just we're putting our money priorities in place. And that's what the, I think that's what our, our biggest issue is with a lot of people that are struggling with their finances is that, you know, a lot of times we spend money because it makes us feel good in the short term. But it just and we're always wasting it. Just like when I was in the army, I left the army 
army with $32,000 of the credit card debt. And what was so crazy about that, it was that everything was paid in the military, my food, my clothes, my housing, but I always lived paycheck to paycheck. And I come from very humble beginnings and I never really saw money until I joined the military, but I always bought stuff because I just, you know, think that it would make me feel good, you know, because I've never had stuff, you know, I had to go without stuff growing up. So I just wasted stuff and bought stuff and bought stuff. And, you know, I just, you know, I just continue to do that. And I ended up with a lot of credit card debt. And, you know, once I kind of figured out that, hey, the stuff that I buy might make me feel good in the short term, but that good feeling goes away. You know, I I started having to, you know, have a more biblical approach to my finances. And when I did that, you know, my finances kind of got back on check. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you just mentioned finances and we know that, you know, people having difficulties with them, including yourself when you uh, got out of the military with all that debt. Um, In your book, Six Week Money Challenge for Your Personal Finances, what are some of the things you teach us to be more responsible and uh, so we can give to the church. So we're in a position where we feel comfortable with that. You know, I think everything boils down to your foundation. I mean, just basically, how do you, you know, how do you look at life? How do you view life? How do you view God? And so we want to start off, you know, you know, getting, making sure our priorities are in the right place. Um, And I I think of it like this is that, um, you know, how do we show, you know, how do we show God that we love God? You know, how, you know, how do we show it? And I kind of give the analogy of how do we show other people that we love them and you you spend your money and your time on them. And so if you say, Hey, Steve, you know, God is the most important, you know, important thing in my life. You know, how much, you know, how much time are you spending with God? You know, what, what are you doing with your financial resources that honors God? So we kind of want to break that down that, Hey, you know, we need to get that stuff right first. And then if we can, you know, if we get our foundation, right, then we, move on to the you know the finance part which at the end of the day you know we say Steve you know what what is the most important thing it just comes down to accountability and sacrifice and that's what we do every day with the decisions that we make is that you know if it comes down to finances most people know exactly what they make but mm-hmm. they have no idea how much they're spending Interesting. And, and so that's where it comes down to the accountability and responsibility. So, hey, you know, what I need to start doing is I need to track, you know, every time I spend money, you know, I pull out my, you know, I pull out my app on my phone or I pull out a little sheet of paper and every time I spend money, I want to write it down. Because a lot of times we just, we just have no idea what we're spending our money on and mm-hmm. it just, you know, we, we just come lazy. So in the book, you talk about the foundation that you just mentioned, the biblical foundation um, of a fi- solid financial future. And then spending, which you mentioned, you did it to make yourself feel better. And then we moved, uh, uh, move on to um, week three of your six-week money challenge. And that has to do with debt and credit, where I think a lot of people really get mired down. And that's where they start to get depressed and feel overwhelmed because they don't know how to get out. Yeah. And like I said, that's just something that affects, you know, the average, you know, the person, the people that had the, the average household that does have credit card debt, they have over $15,000 of, of just credit card debt. And that, that, like I said, that just, when we have debt, number one, we're not going to be able to be the best spouse possible because we're always worried about it. We're not going to be able to be the best parent. We're not going to be able to perform, you know, do the best at our jobs. And most of all, you know, we're not going to be able to, to, to honor God because like I said, we're worried about how much debt that we have. It just really, it just really affects us in many different aspects of our lives. And we just have to learn, you know, how do I get my 
that in, in, in check. And, you know, I says, you know, first thing we have to get our God priorities that, hey, everything belongs to God and I need to be a good steward of my financial resources. And then, you know, we have to start tracking our expenditure. And a lot of times, you know, we read these finance books and stuff and they, you know, they just give all this great information, but there's nothing practical about it. And that's what's different with this book is that we actually do practical challenges where we, you know, we write down our debt and then we come up with the different areas of spending. And then we, we identify, you know, what can we do to cut out? Because everybody, when we say, oh, gosh, I have to sacrifice, you know, I can never do that. And I think that's what kills people like with, with diets. You know, somebody says, hey, you know, I want to lose some weight and I'm never going to have dessert ever again. And that's not realistic. And it's the same thing with our finances is that, you know, if you're thinking that, oh, I'm never going to go out to eat again or I'm never going to waste money, that is not something that's long term or, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. So if you could look at the little minor changes like, hey, you, you might be going out. Uh, you know, you, it, let's say from Monday through Friday, instead of packing your lunch, you go out every single day. Well, I'm not saying that you can't go out to eat for lunch, but instead of it, you, maybe you, you want to pack your lunch every other day. Or if you do like going out to restaurants, don't go on Saturday and Sunday. Just pick one night or, you know, when you're ordering a menu, you may maybe drink water instead of drinking a soft drink or, you know, and just just minor little changes here and there. And if you could just cut out two dollars here, three dollars here, you know, at the end of the month, you have, you know, a hundred or two hundred dollars extra that you just didn't have the prior month. And, you know, it's a lot simpler, I think, than people think it is, because a lot of the things you just mentioned, I just do as like practice. So I've always been a good saver because I grew up poor and I didn't want to be poor again and I understand people kind of go either way you mentioned you spent a lot after being you know um, financially more strapped you know as a kid and uh, for me growing up that way made me never want to be poor again because it was I felt so limited by it and so cramped by it and so um, also labeled by it you know not having any control over your finances as a kid and have people know that you live in low-income housing and judge you because of that I knew that I had to get an education and get money in order to feel um, more secure and then you know with my faith I, I then became more secure through Christ so now I don't feel I really need things at all like my car is probably I don't know 14 years old or something like stuff doesn't really matter to me so it's easy to be frugal but I think for a lot of people they feel that society it, they get into debt because they feel society values them depending on their car their home their clothes their watch their jewelry which I couldn't care less about that stuff but I know that a lot of people get wrapped up in that so in your book, if you're just joining us, Steve Repack is talking about the Six Week Money Challenges book uh, for your personal finances. And we're also talking about Christians and giving. Week one, you talked about the biblical foundations of a solid financial future. Number two, a week two, spending. Uh, week three, debt and credit. And then week four, you get into savings and investments. And I think it's personally fun. And we've already gotten our kids' bank accounts. They're six, eight, and 10. And my son's obsessed with it. I mean, he just donated some money to his school. It was like $150, $60. Uh, he was in an online auction to go on this special golf outing with his teacher and the money was going to go to his school. And I said, well, you know, do you want to use your own money if you really want to go golfing with your teacher? And he did. And he donated like a hundred and I think 60 bucks to his school. You know, and that's where it comes down to is that the people that are most joyful in their life, they're not the ones that have the most, they're the ones that give the most. And if you can learn that concept, but like I said, you're just talking about like the status, like the jewelry and the clothes and stuff. And, and that's what's wrong. I mean, that's that's the issue with us. And it's like it's a struggle and God understands it, but it's like we, we, you know, there's, there's, there's earthly status and godly substance and stuff like with, with earthly status, like the, the new car, you say, Steve, I love that new car. I love the new car smell. But after a couple,
couple months of sitting in it, you know, the new car smell goes away and you're stuck mm-hmm. with all those car payments. And, right. and, and then the house is never going to be big enough. And, and the clothes that are in style this season are going to be out of style next season. So we're always changed. You know, we're always chasing something that we can never catch. So we're just, you know, we go around in circles wondering why, oh my gosh, why can't I just keep up? Because status is always changing. But when we look at godly substance, you know, what type of person you are that you're loving, you're giving, you're caring, you're sharing. I mean, that stuff never goes out of style. And so, and then there's nothing wrong with having nice stuff. We just have to understand that, hey, nice stuff is not what's going to keep us happy that, you know, to have a, a close relationship with, with, with our Lord is that that's what's really going to make us fulfilled. And that's what's really going to give us a joyful life because that's, you know, a lot of us, we want to be happy and a happy that just deals with emotions from day to day, but being joyful, being just understanding that, Hey, I have a peace in my heart that at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter that my, you know, my eternal salvation is what's going to really, you know, that's the most important thing. If you can get that stuff right, then the little, the, the little stuff, you know, that the day to day worldly stuff is not going to bother you as much. You know, in uh, savings and investments, your week four and your challenge, uh, what do you recommend people do to kind of get started if they're not savers, they're not investors, and they're credit card debt type people? You know, like I said, at the end of the day, it's like if you have credit card debt, you know, and, and, and you don't have anything in savings, you have to kind of do both at the same time. Because that was my issue when I was in the military. Uh, you know, when I got out of the military and I was trying to get out of debt, you know, I was like trying to pay off all this credit card debt because the credit cards were charging me like 15 to 16% interest and the savings account didn't pay you anything. And what, what always happened was I, I would knock out debt, I would knock out debt to get it lower and lower. And then all of a sudden, you know, my transmission would go out or my refrigerator would go on the blink. And I'd always have to use my credit cards because I had nothing in savings. So, you know, it doesn't make any sense financially that, oh, I need to build my savings before I get out of debt. But you have to because you have those life happen events. And if you don't have anything in savings, you're always going to rely back on credit cards. But it always starts off small. You know, it's like it's kind of a joke. If I said, you know, how do you eat a baby elephant? You know, you eat it one bite at a time. Uh And that's the same Uh thing with your savings goals is that, you know, you're not going to save you're not going to be a millionaire overnight, you know, but, but if you never start, if you never put anything away, I can guarantee you this, you're going to have nothing later on. So if you can say, Hey Steve, you know, if I could sacrifice a little bit here or a little bit there, you know, you know, eight, if I could, you know, save $250 a month, which means that I got to quit wasting $8 and 33 cents a day. Well, $8 and 33 cents a day. If you, if you can quit wasting oh, that at the lot. end of the year, you could have $3,000 in savings. You know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. take a lot. I love that. All right, then week five in your six-week money challenge for your personal finances, Steve, you say estate planning documents and insurance. I have to say, I think a lot of people really kind of overlook insurance. I know we have to have health insurance, but they really kind of uh, skimp, you know, on life insurance. Ah, we're young, we're healthy, and not think about, you know, how you could leave your family if something happens to you in really in dire straits. And uh, insurance, I know, can be expensive, but... Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't understand the value of it. Yeah, like I said, when we talk about estate plan and life insurance, like your financial documents, I mean, many people they don't have wills or, or anything. And like, and if you have, let's say that you're married and you have kids. You know, if you don't have your estate plan documents or like a will saying, hey, this is where my kids go. I mean, basically you have the government or the state that's going to decide on your financial matters. And I just tell people that, hey, you know, I rather, you know, you might have, you know, all of us have that crazy uncle or aunt that, hey, you know, everybody kind of stays away from. It's like maybe you don't want your kids to go there. So but unless you have your fun, you know, your documents in order, you know, that could happen. But definitely with insurance, you know, that's one of those touchy things. And, uh, you know, this is what I say about insurance. I, I ask people that if you had a choice. 
Would you, wouldn't you choose to be the person who could provide for others who can never pay you back? And, and that's what we're, what we're doing life insurance. It's not that we're saying that, gosh, I don't, I don't trust that God can't provide for my needs, but I just want to be able to, you know, God has given me a tool that I need to consider to, to, to provide for the people that I, that I, you know, leave, leave back. So it's, it looks, it's just, it's just being accountable and being a good steward. And at the end of the day, it's not a one size fits all. It's not like saying that everybody needs insurance or everybody needs this type of insurance. Right. It's just something to consider that, hey, you know, we go through the, the this, you know, the, this six week challenge. And one of the weeks is, hey, I need to, you know, I need to write down all of my assets. I need to write down all of my liabilities and I need to figure out, do I need insurance? If I not, if I don't need insurance, and then and what type? So it kind of gives people just to get them to start thinking and and doing. Because like at the end of the day, if I just read a you know if you read a book and someone says, well, you need to have this, well, that's really a one size fits all answer. So my book is very tailored to the people that are actually reading it because each of us have different circumstances and each of us have different needs. And this book, like, is a lot different where you're actually figure it out for yourself by right. using it. Not cookie cutter. I love that. Six-week money challenge for your personal finances. Um, and uh, Steve Repack is the author. And uh, do you have a website you can send us to, Steve? Yes, yeah, www.steverepack, and that's R-E-P-A-K.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, uh, Steve Repack Author, which is, you know, right now I'm actually doing a six-week daily devotional. It's a one-minute devotional that you, you you know, basically I read a verse, uh, we talk about the verse, and we pray. So it's basically first thing in the morning, you can spend a minute with God to get your day start off right. And like I said, all of us have busy lives, and it's like we have all these resources. And I want to have something to go along, like with the six-week money challenge, because it's basically how do I get into good habits? Well, I do good things every day. And the more things that I do good, you know, then I start developing good habits. So like I said, I got this uh, six week daily devotional that everybody's been really, they really enjoy. And it's like cool getting feedback from people that are getting up early in the morning and, and watching my video saying, oh my gosh, you know, I was able to do this. And, you know, so that's pretty cool. Excellent. Well, thank you, Steve Repack. Appreciate your expertise. Angie, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you. Hi, it's Angie. My favorite vacation spot in the world has a deal for you. It's YMCA of the Rockies. It's their 110th anniversary at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they're offering lodge rooms for $84 per night. My whole family stays in one lodge room. That deal is through the end of December and includes two free breakfasts every morning. And here's some of the things that are included. Some of these cost a little bit more, but most of them are free, like the roller skating, swimming. There's a Nordic center. It's a little extra for rock climbing. You can learn how to do archery, horseback riding at Snow Mountain Ranch. The s'mores and the campfires are so much fun. Sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's movies and we see this guy called the Mountain Man. My family loves this spot. We go at least twice a year and we will be enjoying this offer ourselves as well. Again, it's the 110th anniversary. YMCA winter deals, 84 bucks for a lodge room. A family of five can sleep in one of these lodge rooms and again, two free breakfasts per day. Check it out, ymcatherockies.org. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. 
the Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hello, hello, hello. Producer Dave is sitting in for Angie Austin. Welcome back to the good news. Um, uh, we want to do something uh, pretty special today. We haven't done this with these people yet. Um, uh, our good friends Doug and Leslie Gustafson from Authentic and True are here. And uh, hi, we, hi, Hello. how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? And um, we, we've we've had you in on several shows, and we've talked kind of about what you do, mm-hmm. but we've never really gotten into and had spent any time talking about what you actually do. So why don't you tell us? <laughs> Tell us, you know, what your whole mission is, how you got to this today, and how people can get a hold of you in case they need some of your help. Sure, sure. Well, I think our mission is to bring authenticity and truth into people's lives and help them through counseling and coaching um, become who God intended them to be, whether that's a married couple or an individual. We have the privilege and honor for, between us, over 60 years helping countless people. Most of them mine. And my <laughs> humble partner chimed in. <laughs> it is a privilege, though. And, and uh, so we see people with all kinds of struggles, all kinds of challenges. And, and uh, you know, oftentimes we are blessed with faith-based people in our practice, too, where we can incorporate really what God says about growth and the joy of knowing him and what it means to, to really uh, live out life to our our fullness but you know sometimes things get in the way ditches we step into problems we've had we may not have mm-hmm. solved over the years and and so oftentimes you know we get to even share a case together mm-hmm. uh, a lot yeah quite a, quite a bit actually so we're both marriage and family therapists we do coaching also and we um and i have a specialization in sexuality yeah, which angie loves to hear me say every time i'm on <laughs> yeah she I blushes like to watch every time you can't see on the radio a she thousand colors <laughs> no but you said all i'm sorry you said all kinds of problems that you yes. help people solve now a, a lot of people have problems and a lot of people think they should just try to deal with them on their own what kind of problems what what is you think a sign that somebody can be looking for in their own lives that would make them want to call you I think any kind of struggle with mood that's unrelenting and lasting too long, loss, grief, feeling stuck in your career, feeling stuck in life, feeling conflicted in your marriage, having that same old fight too often uh, is a good sign that you need some help and assist. But really- addiction issues? Addiction issues, food issues, um, anxiety issues show up a lot, stress and anxiety in this day and age for sure. Uh, But besides that, you know, to be preventative, so often we come crashing in when we're in the worst crisis, particularly in marriages when they're almost on the edge of divorce, whereas it's really okay to just seek out help when you want to become more or you feel like your life isn't what you're longing for it to be. So it doesn't have to be a catastrophe. No, in fact, it's best if it's not. Yeah, exactly. If it's not, yeah. But I think to piggyback on that, we do see a lot of couples in our Mm -hmm. practice, uh, most of them married, but not always. 
and uh, we have the, the joy and privilege of helping them get past places that they're really stuck so they can't experience anything better in their relationship because they, they have some obstacles that have prevented them from being close, from communicating well, and, and they just need to realize that marriage and, and be, uh, can be a wonderful thing. And, and it, it really feels like once you come to, you encounter some of these problems, all of life comes to a screeching halt. Yes. Yes. yes, particularly when they're on the extreme end or there's been an affair, perhaps, or a betrayal or a breach of trust or disillusionment. I mean, we all start out in marriage pretty yay, um, but the road of marriage sometimes is sure. fraught with circum circumstances you didn't expect or crises or just life change. I like how so, you said that, though, David. Things do come to a screeching halt sometimes with those big ticket items, but sometimes there's a, a big halt in your life because there's just something you need to solve and get out of the way you and can't grow get. through. Right. So, okay, we only have a couple of seconds left, but I want, <laughs> everyone to, I want everyone to know how to get a hold of you, but I want everyone out there to think, if you have any problems at all, if you think that you are experiencing any kind of slow it down in your life and you're just not achieving the goals that you want to achieve, please call Doug and Leslie. They can help you if you have any kinds of problems, will you tell us how to get a hold of you? Yeah, authenticandtrue.com is our website that has free resources. It has connections to all our social media. We are giving away free content, help, support, inspiration, and education as many places as we can for you. So that's the landing point, and you can launch from there. Thank you very much Thank for you. doing this with us. And anybody, please, if you need some help, if you have any kind of struggles, please go to authenticandtrue.com. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.